Coach JT, man, do me a favor, please leave a like in the comment sections. Subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, definitely tap in, subscribe, share the, share the show. Um, appreciate you guys, man. Had a dope show yesterday as we continue to honor um, and celebrate Women's History Month. Um, on this Monday, midday uh, episode, you know, something different for me, but trying to get in when I can, but also keep providing some dope content. So let me jump right into it. Um, my guest today was born and raised in Oklahoma City in um, 2005. She relocated to the Bay Area and immediately started modeling, appearing in fashion shows, magazines, several music videos. Soon after, she started landing roles in independent films and stage plays. Her biggest accomplishments were a Honda commercial and the opportunity to perform at the, ooh, wee, that word right there, Edinburgh, Edinburgh <laughs> Theater Festival in Scotland. Uh, she has established herself as a talk show host for the entertainment show off the hook tv um she has also interviewed um entertainers such as bobby brown hey that's one of my faves blair underwood smoky robinson um just to name a few she also hosted uh, many galas open mic nights parties and luncheons in the bay um recently she launched a platform called ascending with tony rochelle she believes that the platform ascending presents people to people and energy that prevails through the struggles and continues to rise, thrive and prosper. Moving on past pain and hurt, still helping to build community and overall obstacles will help healing and wellness in the community. Um, she loves the Bay Area. She loves experience life in Oakland. Help her come up with the stage name Pretty Tony, which is, she, which is what she's known by for now all over the Bay Area and nationwide. Oakland is home for her and she loves her community and the community loves her back. She has been called a community activist. Look out for this star. She is on her way to the top. Again, none other than Tony Rochelle. Thank you for being here on this Monday midday episode. Thank you. Appreciate you. I got through it. I got a resume on it. I got a resume. That's good. That's good. Um, I appreciate you taking time out today. Um, again, being the work schedule, things that are going on with you as well, being busy, but also just being active, right? But so Again, this show right now is definitely branching out to people all over, but Oklahoma is a place that, I mean, I shout out to my boy, uh, Darnell Jackson, uh, D-Box from Oklahoma, uh, Kansas City, went to Kansas University. Uh, he was actually NCAA champion. He's from Oklahoma. Um, okay. Shout out to D-Box, man. But tell me about growing up in Oklahoma. Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's country. It's flat. It's um, friendly to a certain extent. Um I'm from a little town called Shakota, Oklahoma, which people probably will never hear about. But okay. if you've heard about Muskogee, Oklahoma, then you probably know about Shakota, Oklahoma, because they're right next to each other. But Oklahoma is very small. Everyone knows each other. Um, I grew up in foster care um, from the age of eight and aged mm. out of the system when I was 18. And so um, there's a lot of good memories about home, but there's a lot of memories that I don't care to <laughs> to bring up or remember or you know want to even think about um mm -hmm. and so uh when i turned 21 i was ready to get up out of there <laughs> and i left and i ain't never went back i mean i do go back to visit family every two years or so um but that's definitely not a place i would want to move back to <laughs> so in saying that though like i mean just us being being an adulthood and trying to and being you know just working and providing but you can't get to the success without the struggles, right? Right. Got to go through things, the adversities. Um, and I mean, you jump right into it. So I'm just going to go there a little bit with it. But um, just as far as being adjust, because I have a lot of friends or I call them, I mean, one of my close 
brothers, he's, he was in the foster care system, but he didn't get on my auntie early on and it changed his life for the better, right? As far as that part went. But that, and we're in space now where mental health, again, people talk about it to, uh, it's it's out open, it's, it's, it's verbalized, it's visualized, but during those times for you, if you, I'm saying not examples, but just how tough was it to maintain and just be, you know what I mean? Because you had, you started early, you were in the system early. So yeah. um, how tough was it on you just to maintain until you got that opportunity to leave through those years, uh, adolescence to like high school years? How much was it on you as a person individually to get through those times? It was extremely hard and rough and difficult. <laughs> um, but I ascended through it because God was putting little angels around me each and every time I was moved from one home to another home, one school to another school, some kind of way, even though I was like always the new kid at a, at a school, there was a teacher or somebody that was paying attention, at least one person. Hmm. Um, and I was grateful enough to get some really nice foster parents. Um, oh. I was blessed enough to get some really nice uh, foster brothers and sisters as well. Um, so I gained a big family. But the struggle of just like being in the system, people judging you, mm -hmm. moving around from home to home, not getting the proper education that I deserved, um, people just pushing me forward. Um, I've always had a good personality. And I'm going to say that because I've been hearing that my entire life. And so that's kind of what got me through life, I think, because people, people gravitate towards me, to me, you know, um, naturally. And so I think that's what got me through. But it was rough. Counseling, like going to court, mm -hmm. seeing your mom in and out of the prison system, not being able to see your biological parents, mm -hmm. you know, um, just having a stamina over you, a title as a foster kid. People already just judge you. Um, and they throw you away. And so um, a lot of times I was suicidal. I was um, I was dealing with depression and anxiety, you know, and I was rebellious. And um, and I was a runaway. Hmm. I was a runaway. If I went to a foster home and I didn't like it. <laughs> Gone. Out of there. I should have been dead a long time ago because in Oklahoma, we have a lot of the big rig trucks, mm -hmm. you know, like on 880. And so back in the day, I'm telling my age, because back in the day, I used to go and go like this, mm. you know, like I need a ride because I'm running away and I need to get back to the city because for some reason they would always take me to these country <laughs> homes or whatever placements like uh, so yeah. far away where they, I think because they knew I ran away. Right. So it wasn't easy access for me to just get up and go. Right. But I put myself in some very dangerous situations so many times, mm. just mm. trying to escape from where I was at. And every time God had me. How in the, in the, in the midst of that, finding the good homes or, or when you would say God kept you safe, though, were those, those moments where you had to like sit down and kind of was it some type of was it those moments where you sat down and kind of something came over you to that feeling or somebody else was like, hey, you know, you need to be doing this. Was anybody trying to navigate that space with you and try to keep you safe outside of yourself? Mm, I kind of kept to myself a lot. Of, I never talked about my feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm very, I was very good at like holding everything in. And I know this is not good to live your life like this, but I was a, you know, I was a, a kid, but I would hold everything in and then wait for everything to explode. And then when I would explode, 
I would explode. Hmm. I would do something drastically like just stupid and dumb, you know, rational. Um, but again, I did still have like the caseworkers, you know, the foster parents, the counselors and stuff, but they were all white, hmm. you know? And so I didn't trust that either. Like mm -hmm. I just, being able to relate is, is is crucial for us. We look at we feel a little more better if they you know a little like minded or like color or or like, something else. But that definitely, especially I mean you say back in the day, I'm telling our age. I mean yeah, it's definitely going seeing seeing how the system has worked then has progressed now. Being and I don't want to say color. Yeah, I did say what I just said, but I don't want to put it all on the race. Yeah, because it, it starts with people. the heart. Mm -hmm. It's the heart of Good what people. you do. It's the heart of helping people. It's the heart of caring about people. It's the heart of seeing someone else ascend. Yeah. That's really what it is. That's what's up. Um, so you, you you persevered through those early age, age, but what made, at what point did you feel like, okay, I got to go far west? Like, what was that? Because, I mean, you, you you pass over a few, you know, you pass over some little land getting out here to California. What was that transition like in your time? Or what, who, what was influential? Or what made that, like, okay, this is my next move? I've always been a daydreamer. Um, and I knew I always wanted to like be somebody else besides Tony. And so that's why I've always wanted to be an actor. That's why I wanted to get into acting. Cause I was like, you know, if I could, if I could play this role, I ain't gotta be me. I ain't gotta worry about myself. I ain't gotta worry about my problems. I'll be free. Hmm. And so I couldn't figure out how I was going to get that freedom in my life because I just felt so trapped being in Oklahoma with all the memories and the trauma. And so um, I knew I was going to leave Oklahoma, but I thought I was going to end up in like Texas or something because that's mm -hmm. like three hours away. <laughs> a little closer, a little closer. But I was like, I want to be a movie star. I want to be a movie star. I want to be on movies. I want to be on TV. I want people to know my name. And I'm not like sharing this with people. I'm just, this is how, I, you know, I was saying this to myself. I was mm -hmm. writing it, like saying this, but I didn't know how I was going to get out. Mm. And um, my cousin, um, she she was like, let's go to Tahoe for your birthday. And I was like, where's Tahoe? She didn't say California. She said Tahoe. So I'm like, what is Tahoe? Yeah. And so um, we had planned a trip to come to Tahoe. And she was like, we're going to go to San Francisco and Oakland. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought San Francisco, Oakland, and LA was the same thing. Don't judge everybody me. think no, you're not everybody think California think LA anyway. Like they don't think North <laughs> I blame Tupac because he confused me, okay? <laughs> right, right. But right. so I didn't realize I was coming to actual California. And so when we got here, I came for my 21st birthday for uh Black Ski Weekend. I went to Tahoe and um was kicking it with all the black folks and um then we, we ended up coming through Oakland and San Francisco. And I was like, something in my spirit was like, I'm moving here in six months. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to move to California. And I went home and I told everybody and I was excited and nobody believed me. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I got to go. And the rest is history. I had to get up out of there. That was my escape. I got the, it's kind of like something was, presented to you and mm -hmm. you got to take it and go now made that move just i mean so and never visited except for that one time right in that passing never came before then um you decide to leave as soon as you get to the city i mean what's on your mind you got to find somewhere i mean wait 
I mean, yeah, what's, what's going through your mind at that point? Because it's, I mean, it's busy hustler. out there. It's busy I'm, out there, though. I, I'm a hustler, and I was scared to death. <laughs> um, First of all, I didn't even know. I was like, am I in China? Because <laughs> I had never seen so many Asian people in my entire life. I ended right. up in San Francisco first. Yeah. So I just, I had never, it was a culture shock for me. Mm -hmm. A culture shock for, for me, and then the way that the buildings were all stacked up together so closely, mm -hmm. I'm like, people going to be able to hear our conversation. <laughs> like, there was no parking lots. I was right. just, like, culturally, like, messed up. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of parking tickets, like, the first couple of weeks. So. <laughs> All right. Because I'm not a morning person. I wasn't getting up to go move my car every two hours. Get, the, get them boots on your car like Martin in a minute. Anybody get them boots on the car. <laughs> and so I was introduced to the Fillmore District when I came here, um, which I didn't know that was the hood. Or mm -hmm. you know, the projects, or to get—I don't know what people refer it to these days, but right. I wasn't tripping. I was fine. Um, but I'm a hustler, so I just started. I was like, I gotta get work because I thought I had—you know—I had twenty-five hundred dollars in my pocket. I thought that was gonna last me for a minute. That is. First thing, you might have made the whole week. You might have made the week. Shoot, I don't know. That's it's the money different out there. You gotta—it definitely costs. But yeah, I ended up getting a job. I ended up getting a couple of jobs in retail. Mm -hmm. Um, I applied for Kaiser Permanente because I was a medical assistant okay. and I had no idea the politics about Kaiser Permanente out here. Like I just was applying for jobs and, um, a friend of my, a friend of a friend, uh, knew someone that worked at Kaiser and was like, you should apply right now. Mm -hmm. But I had put that application in the first year I lived here and they didn't call me back for two years later. So I wasn't even thinking about it. And I yeah. wasn't hella anxious to like go work there because that wasn't like my dream or nothing. Yeah. And um, I remember listening to KBLX. No, no. Um, K-Me. K-Me. Yeah. Love y'all both, by the way. <laughs> but um, I remember listening to My Emotion and uh, and, and um, Chewy Gomez was there at the time mm -hmm. and they were talking about a model call. And I was like, a model call? Like, I've never heard that before, you know, coming from Oklahoma. Like, that was kind of cool to me. And I was like, okay. So I think I ended up going to the audition and I really didn't have any desire for modeling. But when I got here, a lot of people would ask me, are you a model? You should model. You should." Model. And I always thought you had to be really tall to be a model. Um, and so that never crossed my mind. But People were like, well, you should model and then they can get you into acting. So I was like, okay, I don't even know how to walk, but all right, <laughs> let me just try it. And so I went to an audition and I ended up meeting a group of people. And you know, the Bay is small. Mm -hmm. And so like I started networking with people and just starting finding out like the modeling world. And um, from there, I started doing like fashion shows and photo shoots. And I had never done any of these things in my entire life. And it was fun and it was just it was going and going and then as soon as i do one thing something else will come then i was new to the city too so people had new never face seen though me. yeah new face. and um during the midst of that i ended up getting scouted by this tv station called vj tv mm -hmm. um shout out to rockefeller and that is the person that actually named me pretty tony because he was like you are so pretty and i was just mm -hmm. like i never had that type of confidence before and i was like Naming me pretty Tony is sounds <laughs> that you, you sounds can, something you know, can hold on to. You, you all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To and put I that had in your name. no idea, by the way, I had no idea that that was a pimp's name. Oh, okay? 
I didn't even go there with it. I got you. That's how square I was. Okay. That's I was square. 21. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so that that's I mean, that's good. But also, I mean, it's kind of you're betting on yourself at this point. Um, what fear did you have though? Because I know, like you said, what type of fear? Because I it's like I said, you've never been to Frisco or actually walked them streets or walk downtown. It's I a mean, lot. I seen I seen drug addicts on the streets, mm-hmm. I seen needles, mm-hmm. I seen prostitutes. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys that look like pimp in my pimps, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen homeless people. I've never seen none of that kind of stuff in my entire life. Like mm-hmm. we have homeless people in Oklahoma, but it don't look nothing like what I have seen. Mm-hmm. Even the pro- even all the things I named, we have right. all those things there, but it's not exposed to like that. Right. You don't walk outside from your apartment and then make a right in there, bam, right there in front of your porch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's um, definitely something. Yeah. And I was scared of the hills here too. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking my car was gonna run. Yeah, the brakes was flat. You gotta have a lot of some good brakes in the in the in, in the city for sure. Um, that's what's up. Uh, we're gonna get to the acting thing real quick, but I'm gonna give a shout out to again some people who've been rocking with me with the show. Man, my cousin's out in the Bay, actually. Uh, young Athletics, man. Shout out to him. If you guys are looking for a trainer, he's in San Leandro, Bay Area, Oakland area, man. Tap in with him, man. He's been looking out for me since I've been rocking with this uh, podcast and uh, tap in with me, Young Athletics on IG and uh, our place here in Sacramento. Uh, if you're looking for events, weddings, parties, whatever you want to do, bar mitzvahs, do it all. Full kitchen, everything. Uh, dope place uh, located in um, Old Sacramento. It's all black owned as well. And uh, yeah, this is year one in our place. We're headed for year two. So y'all tap in, man, or find them on Facebook and Instagram. You guys can definitely, uh, you know what I'm saying, plan your event over there. Um, so, you jump into you get this opportunity right you take advantage of it is it something that you you said you wanted to do it but now to get the opportunity to do it what was on your mind like okay i have to make this this is my shot or i'm just gonna try stuff out you was like no i'm going to get this done because i you know you guys sometimes you gotta go to more than 100 casting calls i don't know you may get called may so not get called back. the acting didn't come the modeling came first okay and then the hosting came next okay so I went right from modeling to becoming a TV spokesperson. They called me the VJ TV. They called okay. me the VJet TV. That's what they called it. And so I didn't know what that meant, but they gave me a microphone and put me in front of a camera. I had a stage, you know, and I it was just happening quickly. And um, I was terrified because I had a big secret that nobody knew. And because of that secret, I was like, I can't do this, what they're trying to have me do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started giving me the training on, you know, becoming this V-Jet. Um, they even took it to the extreme and did like posters and stuff. And it was like, they did this huge, huge poster. Like, I, I'm no lie. It's like as big as a wall. So as soon as you walk into the studio, bam, you see Pretty Tony. Mm-hmm. That was intimidating to me and it was me because <laughs> yeah. that means i had to live up to some type of potential yeah and mind you i'm in this new state this new city nobody knows me i only know the secret and so it's like you know it's tearing me apart mm-hmm. but anyway um i ended up leaving that station and going to a whole nother station called off the hook tv i mean i'm sorry rtv the station is called rtv and um, they get they gave me a show called Off the Hook TV. Um, now the difference from when I went there, I got one on one training to be a host, 
And um, shout out to Matthew Griffin. Shout out to Leonard Stevens. Shout out to RTV. Um, and shout out to everybody that used to watch Off the Hook TV. Off the Hook TV was just like a miniature 106 and Park. We used to do red carpets, interview the stars, the celebrities. We would go around to all the biggest parties in the Bay and interview people, do red carpets and things like that. So that's how I started in the game. So you around a lot of people. You around a lot of people. Then it was it was busy. But I had the southern accent. <laughs> it was okay. different though, too. Though they liked that, I'm sure. Yeah, but sometimes people couldn't understand what I was saying. Gotcha. And then I I have something that's called dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was my secret. Mm -hmm. And so with dyslexia, you kind of learn a little different from other people. Right. So. As I'm getting trained to be this this host, there was words I couldn't pronounce. Right. And then I would I would want to cry about it. Like I would want to get I was embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. And so like when the when the when the producer would talk to me, sometimes I just want to cry, but I had to hold it in. I'm good at holding stuff in. Mm -hmm. But then I gotta make sure my face is right because if something's wrong with me, it's on my face. But then you're holding the mic and you gotta be in front of the camera. It was rough. I understand. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Did you um through those times outside of yourself, did you rely or have any support for anybody to help you to get through that? Cause or is that you just did that was something on your own. You you worked your way through that, you managed that on your own. So because I was trying to get out of my way mm -hmm. of being embarrassed about this dyslexia I had, um, I was me and Webster was really great friends. Because remember, back then they didn't have social media or Google or Siri to tell you how to spell something. Mm -hmm. So I would literally look up words. You know, I would literally try to learn new words weekly. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I would try to read as much as I could and I would just pray That's because true. I didn't know how to make myself. What it was is I was dyslexia and I just didn't know how to read. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to speak properly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because I, like I said, I was shipped around so much that I missed those. I missed those those phonics, mm -hmm. those little bitty things that needed that I needed for my language. Yeah. And my first language is English. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't even know English because yeah. I don't know how to talk. Right. That's, so, um, yeah. And I was always constantly building myself up with just trying to read the dictionary. And then when Siri, you know, when the phones came around, then that helped save my life. That's what's up. Just not stopping though either, right? Persevering yeah. through all that. Cause you I mean, anything people go you got one or two ways to work, you can quit or you keep going. So I mean And so hold it in the secret the whole time. I'm not tough. telling everybody this every time yeah. they encounter with me. I'm just trying to thug it out. Yeah, for sure. And overcoming that, but still producing, right? Because you gotta talk, you gotta speak. I mean, you're in a profession now where you're in front of people all the time, right? And there, there was that. no cue cards for me to read. So mm. not only did I have to use this, no prompts or nothing. Trust this. And use this at the same time. That's what's up. Do you know how difficult that was? Yeah, I believe. Pretend. Yeah. So that was really acting for me because I was pretending to know everything and I didn't know nothing. Hmm. That's what's up. But I was teachable. I was teachable because I wanted it so bad. Mm -hmm. I wanted it. I wanted somebody to teach me to just tell me what to do so I could do it so I could be better. Right. That's what's up. That's good. All right, real quick, I'm gonna throw some pictures up here. You uh -huh. give me, you give me some information behind the picture, or what your thought, or what event you're at, or whatever that. Nothing, nothing like that. I got you. We are gonna start. Let's see uh, this event right here. All right, let's see where you at. What was that? Oh, I, was, I see the uh, 
I see, you know, I see that you got the colors going right there. But just give us a little background behind this shoe or this picture right here. Uh, that is Tony Rochelle, aka Pretty Tony. Um, I am one of the signature models at Spoil Boutique, which is located in Emeryville, Oakland, California, Brentwood, California, and San Francisco, California. Um, shout out to Mika and the whole Spoil Boutique family. Um, that girl is black woman magic. She knows how to make me look beautiful in anything that she puts on me. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, let's get to the next one. Next one. All right, here we go. Oh, that is my lane right there. That is Tony Rochelle. And I was um, co-hosting at um, the company is both sides of the conversation. And I was the co-host for that event. And I was doing um, interviews. So what we did was we brought Asian, the Asian community and the Black mm -hmm. community together because, as we know, that the, it was a lot of Asian hate going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to come together and break bread and fellowship with each other and bring community into one place and let people know that th this could happen this way if mm -hmm. you make a choice. And so I had the pleasure of there talking to community, being in community, fellowshipping mm -hmm. with community, and just enjoying what I do. Just like I love hearing people's stories and you know, what's going on in their life and just, um, I was doing my thing. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, all right, one more. Uh-oh, that's the platform. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is the platform, Keep Ascending. Um, that is my baby right now, besides my baby babies, but oh. this is the platform, Keep Ascending. Um, Ascending means to rise, to thrive, to keep mm -hmm. pushing, to keep going, no matter what comes up, comes in front of you. Um, life is hard. It is hard for rich, poor, black, white, male, female, human. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And um, I acknowledge that it's hard because my life has always been hard. Even when I got out of foster care, I thought that, you know, I thought that once I conquered that, I said, God, go let me have a great adult life. No, it just kept getting harder and harder. Yeah. And that's what life does to you. But just because it gets harder and harder, we can't stop at that step. We got to keep going because if we don't keep going to the top, we don't know what's waiting for us. Sure, that's what's up for sure. All right. At the end of all of my shows, though. So in basketball, we call it triple threat. You can dribble, pass and shoot the ball. I'm sure you know. You got. I seen the gym a little bit, so I don't know if you really know a little gym terminology. That's called triple threat. But to end the show, I always ask all my guests, give me your triple threat. Three things that if somebody's to meet you, to meet Tony, pretty Tony, what do you hold your hat on or keep your, you know what I'm saying, hold to your heart morally or whatever? Give me three things that you can you can put your stamp on. That's I am powerful. Okay. Joyous. Powerful and joyous responsible. And responsible. That's what's up. Uh, powerful, joyful, and responsible. Also, get everybody know where they can find you at social medias or your shows at. Gotta shout it out real quick. Go ahead. That's what's up. Hey, what's up? I'm Tony Rochelle, aka Pretty Tony. You can follow me on all platforms at Pretty Tony Seven, um, Instagram, Facebook, Tony Rochelle, the number seven, and please visit my website, Keep Ascending with Tr. dot com. And if you want to be a guest on my show, if you have an extension of a story, if you have ascended through life, if you have overcome, if you have thrived, you need to come sit with your girl, Tony Rochelle, and tell me how you have ascended. Because remember, when you tell your story, you're going to get blessed. 
if you can just touch one person from your story, hey, we rocking this world, y'all. Keep ascending. That's what's up. So, and I make sure I'm always gonna tag every tag her on all the posts, tag the shows, tag all the socials. So y'all can make sure y'all follow and just tap in, hit the message, hit the like, subscribe to the shows, and tap in with us as we just continue to grow our platforms and and doing things together. And now we cross ascending, right? So everybody's cross networking, tapping in with each other. So you never know what to come. Again, Thank I appreciate you for your time. Me. Not a problem. I appreciate you. We made this happen on, you know what I'm saying? We had some technical difficulties on both sides, but you know, that means ain't nothing going to stop us. We're going to make it work. So, and we're here. We're here. We live. We clear. And I appreciate you again. Wish you nothing but the best. Continued success. And you know what I'm saying? We'll tap in soon. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all heard it first from Pretty Tony, Coach JT, Coach 94 Free with Coach JT, and Miss Pretty Tony. We out. Peace. Mm-hmm.